NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about how the straights are absolutely and completely not okay. They're truly not okay. And we've honestly been humbled by watching this mess. (laughs) It's just me and Lee today. And honestly, thank God, because there is so much to dig into with the second season of The Ultimatum, Marry or Move On. Yes, we have seen the DMs from all of you asking if we are covering this season and... We're sorry for the wait, we are. but we promise. <laughs> we promise it will be worth it. Also, just want to remind everyone before we get into the ultimatum that we still have bonus content happening over on our Substack, Rich Text, even while Claire is on mat leave. And I recently recapped the Love is Blind season four after the altar special with my friend Laura Stampler. So you can find that podcast over at clareandemma.substack.com. And we'll also be recapping the upcoming season of Love is Blind over on Rich Text. I mean, between this and Love is Blind, there's just too many (laughs) silvery gold cups to count. (laughs) I I know all the goblets. (laughs) Also, we'll be doing a mailbag bonus episode later this month. So please email us any questions you have about reality TV, the podcast, ourselves, to Pod at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. It's going to be fun. Send us those questions and we will do our best to answer them. Okay, Lee, it's time. The ultimatum, marry or move on, which is just the ultimatum, the straights. (laughs) (laughs) The boring, boring boring-ish straights. (laughs) The inferior version of the ultimatum, season two. Dropped recently. We watched all 10 episodes. Things really took multiple turns. I didn't expect. You know, it, yeah, it started out. It started out on a high. Kind of dipped. Came back a little. Um, a little. Like, uh, never we'll really see. reached the, yeah, the pinnacle. But we were there. We watched it. We're here to recap. 
For anyone who hasn't seen The Ultimatum, the show's concept is that there are a handful of couples. One partner in each couple is ready to get married. The other one is not. And so one partner has issued an ultimatum, either marry me or I'm going to move on. The pairs essentially break up and then date all of the other singles from the couples as part of this experiment. Of course, this is a Netflix show, so it's an experiment. And then they choose a trial spouse to live with for three weeks. And when that trial marriage is over, the original couples reunite and they get to do the same thing all over again with their initial partner. At the end of each season, all the couples meet back up and they decide whether to get engaged, to leave with someone that they had a trial marriage with, or leave alone. Yes. And what um, what do you think about the ultimatum versus like love is blind? Do you prefer one or the other? I definitely prefer love is blind. I think I may, I was saying this on the after the altar recap on rich text, but I feel like <laughs> love is blind is a fundamentally kind of hopeful show. Mm-hmm. It is about the potential promise of future, maybe good relationships. And the ultimatum is about relationships that probably should be dying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, No one's willing to call it. The hope of love versus (laughs) the death of love is what we're talking about here. Yeah, exactly. Or just like the ultimatum is really just watching couples who have a bunch of problems go on TV instead of go to therapy. That's what I I was just going to say that. (laughs) Couples who should probably just be in therapy, but you know, depend on Nick and Vanessa Lachey to guide them to the finish line, you know? (laughs) Oh my God, yeah. We have Nick and Vanessa back as our ultimatum hosts. Yeah, after, you know, they had a little bit of controversy from their, you know, reunion recap questions um, from Love is Blind. But I think these shows really film concurrently. So that was probably, that season and all that was probably already done and in the bag uh, like this. So yes, they are back. Um, they're back. You know, we Nick took a sometimes quick... is by himself. I think Vanessa's filming, you know, Hawaii NCIS. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a good point. I didn't realize, but that makes sense. Vanessa's like, I film other things. That's probably also why she let Nick solo host Perfect Match. I wonder if we'll <laughs> see her at all in this, in the next season, or that's going to be a, a Nick Lachey only gig. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty busy and they live in Hawaii and they have three kids Plus, yeah, she shoots, like, what, 28 episodes of TV? I guess with the strikes, she's a little more available. So maybe there'll be some more uh, ultimatum (laughs) in the next few months. The Lachey's are back. No more Joanna Garcia Swisher. (laughs) Yeah. Just they're throwing in some, like, sweet Magnolia promos, you know. Gotta watch the show. And she's the host of Queer Love. Is she queer herself? No, but I guess that doesn't matter. She's just still, on a conservative, like, Virgin River, but, you Oh, know. God. Still <laughs> hoping that they're going to be switching up that host for the next season of Queer Love. But for now, we are back with the Lachey's. They are fine. They continue to be bad at asking follow-up questions during reunion specials. Yeah. But thankfully, we got an edited special after yes. that disaster of of a live reunion for they Love is definitely Blind. They definitely some new tactics to get that, yeah, to yeah. get it worked out. Oh, God. Okay, so should we get to this season's cast? 
because I think a lot of, as with any reality show, it's like the strengths and the weaknesses of the show lie in the structure, yes, but also they lean heavily on the cast. And I think that this was a weaker cast than season one of The Ultimatum. I agree. I think we've both come to the conclusion that there was a solid couple that could have changed the vibe, but sadly, they didn't last on the show for the whole season. So we kind of were left with kind of, I don't know, just swap swapped couples um, where people just kind of switched partners. And it wasn't as exciting as when you have that fifth couple and things do get a little more like intertwined. Yeah. 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 I think in season one, we saw a lot of different outcomes. We saw some people breaking up. We saw people contemplate whether they actually wanted to leave with a different partner. And it's like that those tensions did not arise really in this this season is and as you said i think the the loss of one couple pretty early on um contributed to some of that so this season we have five couples our first couple is lisa 31 she's a vp of clinical services and her partner is brian a 28 year old financial analyst they have been together for one and a half years and lisa gave brian the ultimatum and this is our chaos-making couple mm-hmm. who unfortunately, or probably fortunately for the health <laughs> of their relationship and and uh, sanity, but unfortunately for those of us watching the show, they end up bowing out during the dating and choosing period of the show. Yes, and we will make it to that and what all goes down. Uh, next, we have Raya. She's 24. She's a Hooters managing server. And Trey, who's 28, he's an area manager at a paper mill. And they have been together for two years. And Trey gave Raya the ultimatum. Um, You know, he wants to get married. He wants to live in the burbs, start a family. And she's kind of more focused on her own self-growth, her own career, uh, you know, kind of finding herself. She's young. She's 24. Well, I was going to say she's she's 24. You know, she's working at a restaurant. Um. She studied, I believe, communications, and she's recently out of college, yeah, really. Yeah, she's just, like, she's, she's finding just, herself. Yeah, it's, it's always crazy to see people who are 23, 24 on a show like this where you're like, you deserve more time to figure things out for yourself because you are just so early in this period. Like, the, your 20s are such a period of self-growth, and that's not to say you you shouldn't or you can't settle down into a relationship or get married or do any of those things. But um, it is interesting, like the issues that come up between couples who are a little older versus couples who are like 23, 24, it's just very different. Like a lot of the conflicts that come up with the cast members who are like in their early 20s seems so much to me a product of their age and the fact that they're recently out of school and they're trying to figure out where they want to live and what they want to do for work and these things that like are often kind of work themselves out once you get to your later 20s or into your 30s. Yes. And I feel like Trey at this point in their relationship, maybe when he met Raya, he was at the stage Raya was at, but now he's, you know, 28. He's got a good job, a good career. He's ready to settle down where she, you know, is 
finding herself at this point and doesn't want to, I don't know if she necessarily wanted to break up with Trey, but I think she needed like space to figure out um, herself. Exactly. Uh, they, they have an interesting backstory to uh, two years prior to filming, Raya was pregnant and she went in for her scan and found out that she had a miscarriage. So there's a lot of talk about children and whether she was ready um, to try again or just, you know, kind of what that experience meant for her in terms of considering children in the future. Um, and they also have some issues with sex. Um, Raya says she doesn't have orgasms with Trey, which is a big issue in that's, a relationship. That's yeah. a big issue. That's a big issue. I I really, I wanted better for Raya so yes. much throughout <laughs> I did too. And you know, Trey's a good guy. It's nothing like that. I feel like they just want two different things. Yeah. I think that there are, they clearly have a a deep connection. They clearly have a lot of love for each other, but they are having these conversations about big things during the season. You know, as you said, Raya has had this kind of traumatic miscarriage, which has made her need want the security of Trey saying to her whether or not we end up having children I still want to be with you and he seems ready to forge ahead but he also doesn't want to answer that question they're also having some conflict over where to live um Trey does not want to live in the city and Raya would really like to live in a city like Atlanta for at least a couple years mm-hmm. um I don't think that she she doesn't seem dead set in staying in a city because Trey has expressed he really doesn't want that. But she'd like to have that experience of being, She, you know, she says, you know, I'd, I'd like to be able to walk to restaurants. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be able to have that life. I haven't had that experience yet. And Trey is just like, no. Yeah. So like, the burbs it is. <laughs> right. So there are just some some things that that lead you to wonder, like, are there some fundamental incompatibilities here or should they take some time apart to kind of have those different experiences. Yes. Uh, next up, Ryan, a 24-year-old radiologic technician, and James, a 23-year-old recent, I think recent graduate from grad student. Is he an engineer? Yeah. Engineering so he, grad student? I know there was a lot of NASA talk and all of that this SpaceX, season. yeah. Yep. Yeah, so he's he's also, like, just gone through school, that higher education, figuring out what job opportunities he's going to get from that. And that is definitely, an, like Trey and um, Raya, Ryan and James are having those conversations about, like, where are we going to live? She wants to stay near her family. Um, he is sort of conflicted about where he wants to be because he... He's 23. He's 23 and he wants to follow job opportunities. Yes. He grew up in a family without a lot of economic security. And so it seems as though he's, he wants to maximize that, that financial security moving forward in his adult life and, and for his future family. These two are just so young. Like they're high 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 school school sweethearts. Yeah. Seven years they've been together. So what, when they were like 15, 16? Um, yeah, you know, they have a past, but it seems like because they were young when they first got together, they didn't have those like deep discussions about life. Because um, like they were morals. teenagers. Yeah, mental health. <laughs> like they're just kind of discovering that now that that's really important to make like a relationship last. 
And I feel like Ryan feels like she gives everything to James when she doesn't get a lot in return. And they're another couple where you kind of learn more about James's backstory and what's going on in his head and why he's feeling the way he's feeling. And that's kind of, you know, the crux of their their conflict is really him holding back his yeah. truth instead of sharing it with her. Yeah, he he has a lot of trauma from things that have happened in his childhood, some of which he has opened up to Ryan about, some of which he has not. Um, and yeah, they are both, they both just seem in places because of their age where they are figuring out who they are as individuals. And then, you know, whether that that works for them moving forward as a couple. Ryan gave James the ultimatum, but their dynamic is interesting because that that power dynamic really flip-flops through over the mm-hmm. course of the show. I have to say, Ryan was one of my favorite cast members, though. I agree. I thought that Raya and Ryan, who are mm-hmm. two of the youngest cast members were some of the most emotionally mature in the yes, group. Yes, I totally agree. Um, yeah, Ryan, both of them, I found to be very compelling as as reality TV characters. Ryan also has a great glasses collection. She does. <laughs> she <laughs> like, re- I loved all of her her glass her looks, and she just was. She seemed to be like embracing the experience, trying her best to have a good time, but also figure herself out. And, you know, both these women are paired with James, which comes with a lot of... <laughs> it's Yeah, it's difficult. It's yes. like watching, watching what it means to be in a partnership with someone who has a lot of unresolved trauma and a, yes. lot, of, a lot of reckoning to, to do with their own mental health and the way that um, you can be a supportive partner and still be impacted by those unresolved mental health issues. Next up, we have Kat, a 27-year-old travel nurse, and Alex, a 31-year-old software salesman. Yeah, they've been together for two years, and Kat gave Alex the ultimatum. She's ready to get engaged, move on with her life, get married, and Alex seems to be... In no um, rush. (laughs) In no rush at all. What did you think about (laughs) these two? Okay. <laughs> Lee's like, settle it. <laughs> They're like the most, Cat uh, herself, um, I feel like never really, I never got to know her, even though I watched 10 episodes yes. of her relationship. Correct. She's very agreeable. She's very lovely and sweet. Yeah. But she yeah. doesn't always speak her mind yeah. or let you really know what's happening. Yeah. In- in yeah. her relationship, and Alex speaks almost too much. Yeah, and runs yeah. the show. <laughs> so this couple was, yeah. She mostly said, "Yeah,", yeah. the yeah. whole time. And look, we understand there's editing. She, to her credit, has been making fun of herself on Instagram, which always endears me to to someone who's been on reality TV. You have to laugh at yourself and your your little of quirks. course. But so much of what we saw from her, like. She felt like like a blank slate or like an empty vessel kind of moving through the show for so often. And that's that's not to say, like, obviously we see so little of these people. I'm not trying to say, like, she has nothing to her as a person. But what we saw on the show was not a lot. No. And that's Just a lot it, of yes, you know? Just a I lot did of appreciate yes. her in the She's reunion. Kind. I saw more of, like, her standing up for herself. 
hearing more of her perspective. True. Her, like, kind of clapping back at Roxanne and Antonio. I think after watching the show, maybe she learned about herself and, and maybe how she acts in a relationship. But both her partnership with Alex and then her swap partner was a lot of just, like, kind of going with what they needed and wanted and were expressing and trying to kind of like coddle them a little bit instead of taking care of herself and learning more about herself, what she wants, how she feels. So yeah, it was like maybe the edits were against like, you know, maybe found her boring or kind of just skipped over stuff with her. But I didn't feel like as out of all the cast members, definitely didn't Dave understand Kat. Yes. Yeah. Didn't I understand agree. her. Alex. Uh, I knew I, exactly who this guy was. Is I it right? I <laughs> was not into him. I'm I'm sorry. Again, again, this is just from impressions from what we saw on the show. But the vibes were not vibing with me. No. <laughs> with he's he's Alex. the type of guy that like, asserts himself to be this confident, like, but I know people like this, and I'm like, I don't know. He, he, any relationship he was in, he was, like, fully in it, where I feel like when he was with Kat, um, you know, he's talking her up, like, she's the person for him, but then as soon as he switches to Roxanne, that's who he wants, that's who he needs, someone who can challenge him, this, this girl is all for him. The minute they have any conflict, he flips back to Kat, uh, this guy is he. He doesn't see any fault in his own actions. He thinks he's perfect. He's a wonderful guy. He does everything right. He came from parents who were married for a long time, so he knows how much, you know, work goes into a marriage. Uh, very entitled. <laughs> yeah, I I would agree with that assessment. And he's clearly the one who likes he likes to call the shots in a relationship. And I you know I get it. A lot of us like to be in control. But watching him with someone like Kat, who is extremely reserved, just at points, I I felt like I understood their relationship. At other points, it, it made me feel a little icky. And Alex is also someone who, he has a coldness to himself in, to his, his vibe is very cold when he's in conflict with someone. Mm-hmm. And so that leads to this, like, this, this gap. Like, he is not having um, appropriate emotional reactions mm-hmm. to the other person. And even when, yeah, when he pulls back and is in, like, a moment of conflict resolution, he does seem to have a very hard time with owning his part in the conflict. And he will, he's very good at accepting other people's apologies. But he not tends to not, yeah, himself. he tends to not see that he played any role in whatever conflict he's just been in. And I found I found that to be um, very, very off-putting. Yes, he always feels like he's right and his way of thinking is correct, especially when he's talking to the women in his life, which is yeah. tro- it's troubling to see. Like, he just doesn't, he's not listening to them, you know? He's just kind of always on the defense and he's always right and... Yeah, talking talking at them sometimes. Yes. Uh, this brings us to our final couple, Roxanne, who, <laughs> who I think this couple is probably the the most controversial. Yes. Of all of the couples, they, especially Roxanne, I think have been 
kind of the villains of the season. Season, absolutely. Um, Roxanne, 31, she's an entrepreneur, as she tells us many times. She's the <laughs> founder and CEO of like a pasties company called Pasted Nip. And honestly, I was Googling these and I was like, I, they look good. I would try yeah. them. Yeah, I would try them. Uh, and her partner is Antonio, a 30-year-old freight broker. They've been together, it seems on and off, quite on and off, for about yes. four years. And Antonio gave Roxanne the ultimatum. Roxanne's main personality trait is business. Work. <laughs> she she's, loves business. She loves hustling. She loves grinding. <laughs> the best was when, <laughs> I forget who asked her, I feel like it was Brian when he was like, what do you value? I think it was Trey. (laughs) I think it was Trey. It was like, what do you value? And she's like, you mean like where to put my money? Yeah, like in work? What do I value? No, he's like like, in in life. life. Like in love. Like that's why we're here. (laughs) She's just, she'll tell anyone. She'll tell anyone. She loves work. She's an entrepreneur. She works from 5 a.m. to midnight, you know, a lot of people need nips, you know. <laughs> we need those look, pasties. Yeah, look, a good pasty can really stand in for a bra. So I do, look, I respect her in in that sense. I always respect a girl boss, too. Someone who works hard, it's very but she, admirable. This is, but this it's is like the problem with Roxanne is that she is, she's not just like a woman who is a boss. She is like a hashtag girl boss girl in boss. the most in the most pejorative <laughs> sense of that word. She's like, probably she used like, that a few times I herself, support yeah. women because I grind and let's just go with the hustle culture and you should just be like working 100% of the time and that's actually admirable and that's how you have value. And it's like all the things that I think we have now grown to kind of agree as a culture are maybe toxic or maybe, yeah, indicative yeah. of a way that millennials have adapted to a really fundamentally unequal and rigged workplace and mm-hmm. a culture that I think younger younger workers, Gen Z, has kind of been pushing back on. And Roxanne is just like the epitome of this. And at the same time, she... She, she wants someone who will like work and hustle as much as her, but also have like a picnic planned for when she gets out of work or like, you know, constantly <laughs> opening doors for her. And But if you expect a man to make money and just be at work all day, he's not going to have time to plan these elaborate days. Right, like she doesn't seem to have time to do those things for Antonio. And so her main beef with Antonio, which he's very aware of, is that he does not have direction or drive or ambition. She feels like she's going to be the the sole breadwinner. She's the one who's always going to be pushing them. And then the other thing is that, like, she just doesn't seem particularly driven by marriage at all, like compelled by marriage at all. Um, she's no, just she like, does not want to get married. Yeah, like, like I think she keeps not telling her herself, plan. of course I value this, maybe it's the person. But the sense I got from Roxanne is like, she just doesn't care about marriage and maybe doesn't want to get married. And that's okay, except if you're with a partner who really who does that and really wants that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which Antonio seems to want to. And it's... It's very um, notable that Alex and Roxanne share a lot of commonalities in, like, I'd say some of their worst personality traits. But to them, it's it's what a pairing. They are ready to go when it comes to the swap. Where I feel like Alex is just like the opposite of Antonio. And 
Um, someone who's just kind of, try- again, trying to find himself, maybe has a lack of direction, doesn't really know what he wants to do in life, but knows that he loves Roxanne. Like Obsessed with Roxanne. Obsessed. Extremely sweet and extremely seemingly committed to their relationship and, and to working on himself. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we will get into the switch. Can you keep up? I like love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love Article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from Article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an Article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first Article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. 
And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we are back. Ooh, so all of these couples break up. I use that in quotes. They break up. They are now exes, but not really. And then they have about a week to float around and date everyone else's partners. Things very quickly go awry (laughs) for Lisa and Brian, who initially seemed to be a couple couple to watch. Yeah, the couple Mm -hmm. to watch and a couple that could really like that a lot of the plot could have hinged around because yes. Brian is someone who see, who seemingly is extremely easy to connect with. Mm-hmm. A lot of the women are into him. He and Raya are mutually very attracted to each other and get along really well. And Lisa is very unhappy with this. Lisa is like, really wants to, really wants Brian to go through this experience and come out uh, the exact way she wants him to come out, yes. which I get, which is like, Brian will learn something from a girl boss like Roxanne, and then he will come back to me and be more in love with me and marry me. Yes, and I think she initially jumps into the experiment thinking that and quickly sees <laughs> the connection Brian's making with Raya and freaks out. Like, her mind is just like, why did I issue the ultimatum? This is silly. She's not really focused so much on herself at this point, more so just like, you know, glaring at Brian from across the pool, watching him connect with these other ladies and spiraling a bit. Definitely spiraling. She has an early connection, I think, with Antonio, right? Yes, and Trey. And Trey, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Trey is is very interested. Into her, yeah. In Lisa. So I, I would have been interested to see how those two dynamics kind of would have ended up playing out. But we we barely get there because on one of their first, like, all of the couples together mingling at a bar nights, uh, Brian and Raya are having a conversation. They're clearly vibing. And Lisa comes over, breaks up the conversation, and picks a massive fight with Brian. And pretty nasty, too. Like, a, a, a fight yeah. that was definitely, like, hard to watch. Brian Very had, hard. like, pretty good self-control. And Lisa was just... I mean, she she had a, a meltdown, a complete meltdown. She, and she confronts a, yes. them and while they're talking. And uh, she says a lot of terrible, like, demeaning, horrible things to Raya, calling her, quote, a fucking Hooters bitch. A fucking dense-ass female with no fucking brains. 
saying that she's probably easy and can give you some ass. And this is all like in front of Raya. And in uh, front most of, of it is not. Most of it is not in front of Raya. Yeah. But she, it starts in front of Raya. Raya ends up leaving. Right, and then she they, leaves. You're they, right. Yeah, they walk outside, um, which is where we get that footage in front of, like, the moving van. Like, I don't yeah, know why so there's just right, a, moving, right. a moving van in the parking lot. But they, this fight escalates to the point where they go outside. She is just losing her mind, just, yeah. like, completely melting down. And she's angry at Brian for connecting with somebody else. But instead of making it about him and about them— she makes it about Raya. Raya. And like, mm-hmm. I just think this would have been a really, really rough thing to watch as Raya. Um, we learned during the reunion that like, she only knows Raya works at Hooters because she told Raya she used to work at Hooters and they had actually like had a conversation yeah, and connected, connected over, it. over that experience. And she is, you know, pulling at that job and making a lot of really unfair assumptions about Raya's intellect, about what she's in the experience for, um, about her sexuality. I mean, it's just, it's it's very gross. And it's one of the, a very clear example of just totally misdirected anger. Yes. And, you know, we're a part of an experiment where this is, <laughs> this is the experiment. Like you swap couples and you have to be ready and willing to let your partner explore their options with other people and other singles. And those singles are doing the same thing. So when you're out attacking Raya, who's just giving the experiment like a go and giving it her all and is connecting genuinely with someone and then kind of using everything she told you as like woman to woman as ammo against her, it was really, um, it was difficult to watch. It really was. And Lisa has like these moments of where you're like, you know, you're championing her and and everything she's about and how she wants to have a family and she really loves Brian. But then, you know, on the other side, she goes off on this, you know, crazy tangent and attacks another woman in a really awful way. And yeah, it, it was really hard to watch. And I and I feel for Raya who had to watch it back for sure. I totally agree with you um, because and, and this is part of why I do wish that we would have gotten more from them because I think it would have been interesting to watch Mm -hmm. Lisa evolve. Although from what we saw at the reunion, I was like, I don't think so. Have you fully taken account for, for what you said? Um, But ultimately this fight ends with Lisa saying we're done. Fuck marriage. Fuck the ultimatum. Fuck you. Taking her mic off and leaving. And at first you're kind of like watching Yeah, is Brian going to stay? stay? Because he goes back in and is talking to everyone else even after Lisa leaves. So you're like, is Brian going to keep filming? Are they going to somehow convince Lisa to stay? stay?" It's very unclear what's going on until we get to the night of the choice. And in overly dramatic Netflix dating show fashion, (laughs) they all arrive to this long table and there are two empty chairs that would have been for Lisa and Brian, but they are not there. Of course. And Nick and Vanessa tell the group Or just that, Nick, right? It's or just, just Nick, Nick at this point. Oh, yeah, point. you're right. It's just Nick. And they did she, randomly have, like, they showed a clip of Lisa having a last date with Trey after that fight, and then Brian having a last date with Raya. So they kind of set it up like maybe they'll come back. Yeah, that's and what then, made it confusing. Yeah. Then the empty chairs, you're like, huh? So I guess they flipped 
flipped back. And of course, Nick's alone without Vanessa having to (laughs) reveal the big news, which is that, you know, Lisa, of course, Lisa and Brian had a big fight. They all saw it. Things were said. Things went down. But Lisa had a feeling something was off. So she took a pregnancy test and it came back positive. I mean... This was a incredible twist. <laughs> incredible, truly incredible twist. And Nick says, like, yeah, I asked them to, we asked them to come back and tell you themselves, but no, they decided not to. So everybody's jaws, I feel like, are dropped. Some people are questioning whether, like, she is actually pregnant because it's, it was that, like, bizarre of a. Yeah, I actually don't blame them for wondering. Yeah. In, in that moment when they, like, hadn't seen them because it was just such a. It was jarring. Like, from the fight to that was very... And also, it's the kind of thing that, as I think Roxanne says later, it's like, it would have been understandable if they had just been grasping for a reason to back out because they had gotten in this massive fight. This clearly wasn't doing good things for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So it would have been understandable if they just wanted to bow out without being pregnant. But no, they are, in fact... Lisa is, in fact, pregnant. We get a scene of her telling Brian this. And he seems shocked, understandably, but ultimately excited to parent with her to have this baby. But he still does not want to get married. Get married. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, He flips really quick, too. He's, like, initially so surprised. Which, I mean, my God, you're being filmed and getting that news. He's like, I thought I was about to date some other woman and live with her for three weeks, and now I'm going to be a dad. So... It's a but lot. To his credit, he he turns back around and he's very into being a dad and gets excited and, you know, is taking care of Lisa. And that's the last we see of them until the reunion. The reunion. <laughs> but this is where things get, you know, less interesting because now we only have four couples and a lot of the cup the singles who are connecting are kind of just a part of the same couple like it's they just switch spouses pretty much yeah they just switch partners uh as we said lisa and brian added some some like mystery to the mix like yeah you could have easily seen raya and brian picking each other which is would have left james as a wild card yeah um, and lisa could have ended lisa, up with like antonio or trey so right that would have left some mm-hmm. question marks Instead, yeah, we get this just two-couple swap. So Roxanne ends up with Alex and Kat ends up with Antonio. Um, And Raya ends up with James and Ryan ends up with Trey. So it's like the two older couples, and by older I mean... You know, 28, the, <laughs> 28, 30, uh, the, the, the two couples that have people in their 30s in them um, swap. And then the couples that have people in their early 20s swap. swap. So it's, and yeah, they swap yeah. with like, you know, Roxanne, Roxanne and Alex both were given the ultimatum. Uh, same with who else did we have? So, yeah. Or Kat, yeah. Kat and Antonio gave the ultimatum. Um, so they kind of end up with people who were feeling the same way as them. That's, way that's as true. Them. Yeah, right. Which is the same, obviously, in the other couple. Because if you just swap, then... Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, what are, that's the only option. Yeah, it's just kind of... So uh, it made it a little... 
less exciting, you know? And there seems to be, like, a few romantic connections that could bud. Like, you know, Roxanne and Alex initially, and Ryan and Trey a little bit. But nothing, like, it's palpable. Yeah. It's tepid at best. You're right. It is not palpable. Nothing is really realized, which is very different than, say, queer love. Or even the ultimatum, marry or move on, season one, where there was a lot of, like, people really diving into being with this other person. I did wonder if part of it was that couples are going into a show like The Ultimatum now more eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. Because remember, Queer Love also was filmed before the original came out. Yes. I assume when this one was filmed, they had watched the first one. And I wonder if there was more like behind the scenes real agreements of like, we're doing this for X reason. Yeah. We're going to end, end up leaving together. I don't know. Yeah. It it made me wonder. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It made me wonder if they, these couples were more successful at kind of making plans. Yeah. Or navigating it that way before, before they got to the show. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So let's talk about how, what, how the dynamics of all of these new couples uh, end up panning out. Let's start with (laughs) Roxanne and Alex, who, as you said, at first are so jazzed to be together. They're like, hottest thing is that we can work, work. in our apartment <laughs> together. I'm like, okay, as someone We can sit who, across the dining room table and type on our computers like, next to each other. That's not, I'm sorry. Romantic? Like anyone who was with a partner during COVID or like works with a partner who also has a flexible Job. work schedule and works yeah. from home sometimes, like this is, it's not hot. No, you're like, we need to shut the door. I need my yeah, own you're like, space. Shut the I fuck see you up. all every I'm, day. Yeah, I'm <laughs> upset that I can hear your stupid Zoom call. Yeah. From- <laughs> what are you making? I can smell it in the microwave. Like. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she is all about the fact that Alex is just like her, uh, allegedly. <laughs> like, he's a workaholic. He loves to work and make money. They love to hustle. They feel like just like coworkers. Uh, yeah, they're you like know. co-workers. <laughs> they're co-workers who are vaguely like attracted friendly. to each other, yeah. I guess. And and it's so, their dynamic is so funny to me because it is just a classic example of two people who are like, I rule. Yeah. So it'll be <laughs> awesome to be with someone who has also all rules. of the same, ex- <laughs> yeah, who also rules because they have all the same exaggerated <laughs> qualities that I have. And then after like a week, they both realize that it sucks to be with someone like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, wait, someone who's always working and is extremely assertive and controlling and yeah, like and doesn't has no time down. to clean the toilet and you know, <laughs> too busy to watch a show. Um, you know, Alex is more inclined toward marriage because his parents have a great marriage. But he's not necessarily ready. Where Roxanne is like anti-marriage. Yeah, Roxanne um, just isn't interested in marriage. Even though her parents also have a, a, a wonderful, long-lasting long marriage. Yeah, um, so initially they're, they're, a lot of their conversations are like Alex trying to convince Roxanne that marriage is great. Like when you have a partner, you're better in work like, and life. It's great and, for business. That's yeah. like really his argument. He's like... Do it for the business. But meanwhile, she's like, but then why aren't you married to Kat? Like, why? 
then why aren't you married if you're so into marriage? Yeah, and he's like, um, probably because I haven't been forced to and yeah. I like to maintain control. No, he doesn't say that, but that's no, what but I but that's <laughs> And they're uh, one of the only couples, too, who meet each other's uh, parents. Yeah, both they have like both parents. Both, both sides. Parents. Um, I think that played into their storyline of like, look at our parents and their magical marriages. And we come from these strong relationships. And they're both like, we need to challenge each other and hold each other accountable. But it's really just both of them wanting the space to assert that like they know best and that they're in they charge. Are right. Yeah, they're in mm-hmm. charge. But they, you can't have two people who insist on being in charge all the time. Yeah, it's they're just, like the two. Al- they're the alphas of their other relationships, and now they're like two alphas in a tiny apartment, <laughs> initially connecting, and then quickly realizing, like, oh crap! Like I remember Alex yeah. saying, like, Roxanne's mean. <laughs> She's mean, and she starts realizing that, like, he is all about he's, himself. He, he's he, dead that, behind the eyes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that, that's their biggest difference, I think, is that in conflict, Roxanne is expresses her emotions more and then also I think has an easier time kind of calming down and coming back the next day and being like hey I like fucked up and I I'm sorry about that Alex stays very even in a way that is almost frightening uh but that would drive me nuts because I am sort of like I am a Roxanne where I, I kind of explode quickly realize my fault and apologize. I cannot go oh, to bed angry. Liam, someone exactly like the Alex, same way. Someone like Alex would drive me insane because I need some sort of like emotion reaction. or and reaction. Like a, yes. In exchange. Yeah, honestly, Adam at times sometimes will do the like overly calm thing mm-hmm. in an argument and it makes me so mad. Like yeah, I, my husband Will I does it, it too. Yeah. And he's just trying to keep me calm. But I need him to give me like Yeah, you're like just get into <sighs> it and then like get out of it. Like exactly. I'm yeah, I'm like an express it and then move through it quickly, but I need to express it. Um and Alex is just like a very extreme version of that like scary calm thing. Yes. Like he never explodes. He's just like, uh, 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 it's so but, boring. I'm like, I need some action. Yeah. <laughs> and like, obviously and you don't want someone right to fly too. off the handle, but it's like he, but never he does tries the, to like agree with her or like validate her feelings. Well, exactly. Exactly. Like my, you know, my husband always validates my feelings. He's just very calm and cool about it where I'm like, when I look at someone like Alex, he doesn't even validate how Roxanne's feeling or like agree with, you know, oh, I get why you would feel that way. Yeah, He's or just like, more oh, like, oh, you oh, know no, what? No, no. I could have done this in yes. order to avoid this as well. I appreciate you recognizing X, Y, or Z. Like, yes. there's no, there's no even give or take. So yeah, living with Alex would, I would fucking lose my mind. <laughs> But before we get to Kat and Antonio, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Can you keep up? I like love it. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, 
keto, vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash L-T-S-I. And we're back. Let's talk about Kat and Antonio. Our, if, if Roxanne and Alex were our two <laughs> alphas in a relationship, Kat and Antonio are our two betas in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, is a lot less volatile. I'll but say. a lot more boring. Like, it's just, to me, this was like a, 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 the Antonio show because he at least was... Trying, (laughs) yeah, trying to contemplate his existence and his life and his relationship. Um, And Kat was just doing a whole lot of head nodding and yang, um, which I would find frustrating, too. I know Antonio, like, tells her at the end that it was frustrating. But watching it initially, I was like, I would be so, like, just How do you have a conversation with them? How do do you you get into it? Yeah, if you can't 
You know, I mean, they don't even sleep in the same bed. Like from the night one, he blows up that air mattress and she lives in the bedroom and he lives in the living room. I feel like they didn't even really give it a real shot. <laughs> Absolutely not. These two, I also think both of them were came in so dead set on just like doing the right things to secure an engagement to their initial partners that it's just like, what were they going to give to each other? There was yeah. no romantic potential. But yeah, there. It, it's like it barely felt like there was a friendship potential. And that sucks because I could have seen them having really interesting conversations. But instead, it is this one-sided sort of Antonio, like, confessing a little too much to her. Like, he's just spends <laughs> yeah. the whole time being like, I'm a horrible person. I'm the most selfish person on this earth. I've done everything bad. But I'm like, does he, he does not feel that way about himself, but that's how Roxanne makes him, like, makes him feel is what the sense I got. Like, you know, he's right when they're having a picnic and it was sad when he was like, I want to give her these dream dates, but I don't have the money to do it, you know? And he's like, it's not like I wouldn't do it or plan it, but I, I, I like, I don't have money to like buy five bottles of rosé and you know get this elaborate meal and I found that interesting I also find that yes he is basing his own self-confidence on Roxanne and how she feels about him instead of just kind of like letting that go and and trying to figure it out with Kat which I mean I wonder if he was with someone like Raya if that would have like made it more of an interesting pairing where they could have, you know, someone who gave the ultimatum, who received the ultimatum, maybe that could have worked better for him. But these two, like, they were just, they wanted to be with the people they came with. So they weren't giving each other anything. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And I think, yeah, Antonio is so interesting because you're right. He bases his entire sense of self on Roxanne's perceptions, which then is very annoying to Roxanne. Like, it's this cycle Mm -hmm. where he's trying to be so agreeable to her that he isn't really asserting who he is as a person, which then feeds into Roxanne's sense that he doesn't know who he is and doesn't have any direction. Exactly. And it's that classic thing that any therapist will tell you, which is, like, people respond well to boundaries. Mm -hmm. Like, people need to know where they stand with you. People need to know that that you have some amount of a backbone. And so that just can create a dynamic that's that's not good. And yeah, Kat and Antonio just really give almost nothing. Yeah. At, like to, it, it's it sucks. It's like really, but it's not very, not very exciting to watch. They spend a lot of the time talking about how they bo- both are nervous about their partner being with someone who's so different from who they are. Yes. And I feel like Kat kind of feels the same way as Antonio. She just doesn't vocalize it as much. Although I, do think I wonder she has if a... she just wa- likes to be that for Alex. Like, I, w- I think she just wants to be agreeable. That's sort of her personality. Yeah. And I think that she does ultimately maybe have a little bit stronger sense of self than Antonio. She just doesn't express it. Yeah. Because she doesn't seem as insecure about her connection with Alex, ultimately, when they get back together. She seems confident, like, the whole time. Yeah, I mean, it's from very, her facial it's hard to read because yeah. we get so little from her. She, she looks confused at times when he's saying, like, 
Well, I mean, at all times, but a lot of times when Antonio is like, I think they're connecting. I think Alex is like wanting Roxanne. And Kat will be like, she's like her, no. her face is confused. And then all of a sudden she's like, no, no way. Oh my gosh. Let's talk about this because a big, big fight ultimately occurs between the four of them, I guess. I mean, mostly between a touch of Antonio <laughs> and Alex and then Roxanne is pulled in. Um, they have these like girls nights and guys nights about halfway, I guess, or a little more than halfway through the trial marriages where they get back together, split by gender and talk about how things are going. And Alex, this is probably like the only time in the entire show that I actually agreed with Alex. Mm. (laughs) He pulls Antonio aside and... After some prodding, like I will say Antonio is actively prodding him, like don't spare me, be honest about what's going on. And Alex is like, I think you're Roxanne's whipping boy and I don't think she respects you. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, I mean, Antonio loses his mind. Like he's like, there's no way she actually said that. that. And Alex is like, no, she didn't say that. That's my perception. Which then continues to be brought up. It's like, did I, did I say I don't yeah. respect Antonio? And he's like, no, you just showed me you don't respect him. But this is, yeah, but this is where, again, I'm like you, I agree with Alex here because what he's saying is you have not said those words to me, but this is how I feel by listening to you talk right. about Antonio, which and I, was I like, agree with. She does same. not talk very nicely about him. That's <laughs> like, the ever. thing. That's the thing. And it's like, sure, we're not seeing everything Maybe she's not expressing herself in the way she wishes she did, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, I do not blame Alex for feeling the sense that she does not respect Antonio because she does not seem to respect him very much. It seems like he's, like, her kid brother or something or someone she's very, like... Annoyed by all the time. Yes. Like, cares about and is her best friend and has given her so much and takes care of her in certain ways but she does not like like him <laughs> like, right I, I, she, yeah she seems to love him and not like him and yeah that i yeah and so i think alex was like i should just tell him my perception of things but antonio interestingly takes this as a sign that alex is trying to like sabotage, to sabotage his relationship, relationship with Roxanne. and mm-hmm. steal Roxanne. And Alex is not interested in staying with Roxanne because I think he's realized that it's m- much nicer to be with someone who's just going to agree with you all the yeah, time. He's not, I love when he's like, she's kind of mean. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're both kind of mean. Yeah, you're both mean. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then Antonio runs home and tells cat yeah tell what Kat. happened and then tells cat like he's trying to get Roxanne like this is just the sign and cat says honestly you know um Alex's mom texted me after she met Roxanne and said that Ro- Roxanne like really doesn't like you like she's not <laughs> she's not into you That's and so she's, rough she's too busy to sort of deal with your relationship. And and that just gets Antonio fired up further. Like, he's just, oh, my God. Like, what do your fucking parents know? Like, he's a liar. Alex is a liar. His fucking parents are liars. Like, they're just trying to sabotage my relationship. So wild to me that the conclusion is 
Alex's parents are lying. Liars. Like, no, what happened is Alex's parents met someone and she said a few things and they're like, wow, doesn't really seem like she likes her likes boyfriend. <laughs> like, again, Which is true. I, we saw that date. They're sitting by the lake in the chair and she is just ripping on Antonio. She and is. Sure, maybe that's not the totality. Obviously, that's not the totality of everything that she feels about him. But that is what she is emphasizing in front of people. And so that is what they're taking away from it. Yes. And it just turns into this like big fight where Antonio, yeah, calls Roxanne and is like, this you is what happened. Me. I yeah. hear you don't respect me. And Roxanne then kind of tries to bait Alex when he gets back into telling her what he said. But he doesn't. So she confronts him about it. And they get into a massive fight. But how did you feel initially when Alex walks in and he's like, great night, fun night, boys night. We just like had the best time. And she's like, really? Oh, is that really what you had? Like, tell me how, how did you have such a good time? Like, like, so you just said only really good things about me. And he's like, huh, yeah, mm, yeah maybe. Yeah. And she's like, really? Cause I heard you told him I don't respect him and that he's my whipping boy. And, and he's, like, he's well, like, yes, I did say that. That's my perception. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, you quoted me, but I never said that. And he keeps reiterating the fact that, no, I know you never said that. That is how I feel. Um, and they From just kind of go back and forth like say. that over and like just ping pong. Yeah. And and I will say that as the fight goes on, I started to feel that icky feeling about Alex again. Again. Where he just like has no care for her feelings or the fact that that maybe she feels like she's been misrepresented or or whatever. Like, he, he doesn't give... There's really no room for her to have her feelings. Yeah, even though I, I do think that Alex had every right to express that opinion to Antonio. Yeah, and I think he kind of loses his steam or, like, kind of... I don't know, flip-flops when she starts saying like, oh, you must walk all over Kat. And that's why, you know, you make her feel little when you're speaking to her, just like you're doing to me right now. And I, you could see him just sort of oh yeah, shut that. down. And that's when she starts throwing stuff like, and you don't clean up, and you don't open doors, and you don't carry in groceries. Like, she's just trying to get a rise out of him, but he really just shuts down. Um, which again... And Which he's just, yeah, he's like, you're not going to boss me around. You're not my mom. I'm an adult. Like, I'll clean when I'm going to clean. He tells yeah, her to I'm stay mature. in your own lane. It, as soon it as just, he said that, I was ugh. like, uh-oh. And then he the swears. Nine out of ten, he cleans the toilet. And it kind of just... <laughs> Roxanne is so interesting to me because she seems to have these, like, very conflicted and yet still rigid ideas of, like, what the role of a man is in a relationship, mm. right? Like she doesn't, she wants to be freed from the expectation of, you know, having to be the demure little woman, of having to get married. All these things that I think are like, yes, that's fantastic. That is exactly, that is, you know, one reason that the women's movement exists, right? Mm -hmm. Is to say that there are different ways to chart your course, to live a fulfilled life. On the other hand, you cannot take advantage of those freedoms as a woman and also have extremely rigid gendered expectations for a male partner, mm -hmm. right? Like you cannot then say, well, my, I want to do all these things. And, but as a man, you have to then 
do this. You have to be the breadwinner and you have to shower me with expensive gifts and you have to be, you know, emotionally stoic in, in a specific way. Um, and, but then yeah. also do all the house hold chores and make sure the house is clean because I'm making money and someone has to do that as well. But she kind of wants a person to do it all, which is yes. what we expect of women to yes. begin with. Yes, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. She flips the script on him. She's oh just like, God. I don't want to do that, but I expect you to do it because I'm a working woman. But also you're the man, so. Exactly. You should understand what responsibilities comes with that. And it's like, you need to show, if you want that grace, you need to show that grace to your partner and you need to be willing as a, mm-hmm. a partnership to navigate what roles make sense for you as individuals. And it just is, it's such a different vibe than the queer version of the show because they are not grappling with gender in the same way. There are lots of other ways that I think on the queer show we see grappling with gender, given that we have people in the cast who are non-binary or their gender identity is, you know, evolving over the course of filming or after. But Often in the straight version of the ultimatum, yeah, you see these couples all working within these very rigid gender roles and then either trying to rail against them or cling on to them for comfort. I mean, I think we see it with Raya too, where she's like, I'm an independent woman. And then in the same breath is like, but obviously, yeah, I do expect uh, my male partner to pay for the mortgage. Yeah. And you're like, wait, okay, that's... That's a, that's, that's a, a lot. That's a big expectation. Like, and that seems really limiting, especially for like a young, any young person in this economy. Like most households require two incomes two unless incomes. you come from familial wealth, right? And, so Yeah, and that's what makes it difficult for a lot of couples out there. You know, you have women who want to work and also make money. There are women who are the breadwinners of families and some men stay home with their kids or... Uh, but I've even found it myself as a mom now and kind of finding the balance of like, do I stay home? Do I focus on my career? Um, does yeah, my and, husband and- stay home? Does he focus on his career? Do we both focus on our careers and put our kids in daycare? These are all like things that happen when you have a world in which most families, both partners need to work. Like, yeah, you, know? you don't have a social safety net. And yeah. so, and it, it is interesting to see these people you know, grapple with those larger dynamics, but treat them as like very individual gender-based expectations that yes. they that they should either be, that they expect their partner to conform to in a very particular way. Uh, so ultimately, this was a, that was a whole tangent with the, <laughs> the fight, but- Important though to, yeah, to mention. Yes, but everyone ends up kind of trying to sort of make nice by the end of their trial marriages. Like, Antonio um, Antonio checks out early from his Yeah, he packs, leaves, Kat. and comes back. Him and Kat have, like, a fine exit. You know, yeah, yeah they, they apologize. They're like, okay, maybe we didn't give enough, but we tried. We tried. Um, Roxanne does apologize to Alex and then sort of prompts him to apologize but to her he she's like so is there anything else you want to say he's like no no i'm yeah, pretty I'm good i'm good um he's like yeah i guess i was a little 
on the sharper edge of our conversation, but I think it was warranted. So actually, no, I. And then yeah, he just thank puts, you, but yeah, thank you for your apology to me. Bag and walks the hell out of there, and you could tell she she's ready for another round. But oh yeah, you can tell she's just like I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> but they they part way as uh, tepid friends, I guess. Let's and we talk haven't even about, gotten to the other the other four. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Let's talk about those other four. Raya and James have initially a very, have a great. Yes. I feel like a surprising bond. bond. Like, you know, they they bond over their childhoods. They're both raised by single parents in lower income families. Uh, James's mom is a truck driver and she was not really around when he was growing up. His dad died young and he never felt like seen or heard. And he never had his mom to really like talk to about that loss. Um, you know, and a young man growing up without a dad, is it's difficult. And it then to not like have he- another parent like, you know, with you, that's like, you know, I felt like he, I I was also like, who took care of him when his mom was away? But he never really. It sounded very difficult. I mean, obviously he, his mother was left to raise the family by herself. Um, They didn't have a lot of money. She was doing a very rigorous job that took her physically away from, from the home a a lot of the time. Um, And yeah, he clearly did not have a good support system around him. And that has left him with a lot of trauma at some points. He discusses self-harm. Um, and he also admits pretty early on to Raya that because Ryan was raised in in such a different family, one with a lot more stability, both financially and I think just it was a bigger family. They were much more present for each other. He has felt very nervous to to share certain things with her, even though they have been together for seven years. Raya was raised by a single parent as well, a single mom. Her mom was a reverend. She has a very, she's in an estranged relationship with her father. And so, yeah, they have this really lovely bond at first where you get the sense that, okay, maybe these two people aren't going to have some runaway romantic connection, but they could have fun together. They could have a deep emotional connection. And then and it would be they, good. And I felt like, yeah, this is going to be good for both of them to have totally. someone who understands what you've been through in some sort of way and can help you kind of process your feelings so that you can be a better partner for the person that you came here with. But yes, once they actually get into the marriage, into the apartment, James sh- sort of shuts the door emotionally, physically, everything. Uh, he doesn't let her in. Uh, he won't. He won't touch her at all. Like he won't let her hold his hand or give him a hug. Like there is no physical intimacy in the relationship, which which she tries to bring up, and I think he reads as like a sexual come on in a way which I don't think is how she no because originally you know I remember them holding hands when they were first dating before the choice um and she you can tell Raya is someone who thrives with physical touch like it's just kind of maybe part of her love language right like in a friendship or a romantic relationship I don't think she wanted like sex I think she wanted intimacy like just in terms of connecting as as people which for her Includes some amount of physical touch. Like I, 
I relate to her in that way where like I'm very touchy even with my friends and I I could see it being very difficult to be living with someone who like stiffens at your your touch and doesn't yes. want to be, you know, kind of puts that that very strict physical boundary into place. Um and yeah, as you said he also seems to kind of shut down emotionally and this results in them kind of getting into not not full on fights but like I think Raya calls them like back and forths, like ex- heated exchanges yeah. about what they're giving in this experience. And sort of up and downs. Cause I remember in the beginning, you know, he would do night, he would make her dinner or he took her to like the jacuzzi or the pool and they had um, a few moments there. But then I think he realizes like mm, it's too much for him or he starts to miss Ryan. So he does kind of, I don't want to say trick Raya, but he makes her feel like she's going to get something else out of the experience in the beginning. It seems like he's going to offer her so much more. And then when he shuts down, of course, Raya feels sort of left in the dark or at least kind of robbed of the experience experience. she she thought she was going to get. And this stands in like crazy contrast to Ryan and Trey, who just are the closest we get to any sort of romantic, new romantic connection in this season. They have instant chemistry with each other. They are both, they they seem to want a lot of the same things. Like they both want to be near their families. They both want to live not in a city. Um, they grew up near each other. So they have these like, these commonalities. They're both very ready for marriage and long-term commitment. And they just fall into a very easy roommate chemistry with like a tinge of of romance Trey admits at a certain point that he has caught some feelings for Ryan and it seems like Ryan Ryan is interesting because I think she also draws a pretty clear boundary but she does leave the door open open to some intimacy even if she's not going to go as far as to like try out a romantic relationship with Trey. Yeah, it seems like she's so committed to James, but that she does have feelings for Trey that if she if she wasn't so focused on James, I think she would have been a little bit more open to exploring. Yeah, and lo- I think even Trey, romance. like Trey is admits to catching feelings, but I don't think there's ever really a thought in his head that he's going to leave Raya. Yeah. They're just fun-loving. Like, they take those cute Polaroid pictures. They're very easygoing. They just um, get along. They're, like, g- really good roommates. Yeah. They're they're so sweet together. It's really hard not to like Ryan, in my opinion, or Trey. Uh, and they have a good time. Like, they just kind of embrace it. You know, go out, have some drinks, have They're the chats. only ones having any fun. <laughs> they were sad to say goodbye. They're like, who's going to get this picture? Who's going to take this? It, it, I mean, truly, they're the only, like, everyone else is like, thank fucking God. Yeah, like, and they had zero over. conflict. I don't think they had one conflict, to No, be they say they, yeah. they didn't have any fights. They, like, they were both very respectful of the space they were sharing together. They had fun. They were going on dates. They They really genuinely like each other. Yeah. Um, and I, even in the reunion, they were the only two who were like, maybe we wanted to talk to each other and slide back into the DMs, but it just felt weird. I liked them. They were fun to watch. Uh, 
But yeah, I did want like, let's talk about how there was no romance this season during None. any of the trial of marriages. Like, how did that affect the way you watch the show? Because I know season one, there were couples, right, uh, we you had know, trial w- spouses who ended up like falling for each other, at least Ray, getting intimacy. Right? Ray and Jake, I think, yep. were the couple in season one. And obviously... In the ultimatum queer love, we had Xander and Yoli, who had a very intense connection. And obviously that is, that would be very hard to experience um, as the other couple. So in a sense, you're like, I guess I'm happy that none of these people had to go through that. But on the other hand, that's kind of the main tension of the ultimatum. Yes. And for us at home watching, right, like, like, that well, is what draws us in too. It's not just like, you know, you root for couples, of course, but you also root for the new couples who really hit it off because when they come from a relationship that might that not be struggling. good for them or that is toxic, you get excited when they find someone who they can relate to and who they connect with. At least, you know, that's how I felt with Xander and Yoli. I was like rooting for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if you're like, maybe this, isn't built to last. Of course, but um, it's like, it, ma- it gets them, maybe gets they them weren't out, meant maybe. to be together, exactly. but it gets them out of like what they were in. Exactly. To kind of bring and them back to reality a little bit. And that's a happy ending. And I think we talked about this yeah. a lot when we covered Queer Love that like so often for the couples that go on shows like this, it feels like a happy ending is a breakup, you mm-hmm. know, is sort of freeing them. And like, there was no romance and then there was none of that freedom in any of these stories. And that just makes for a very different show, even though the romantic in me is like, I want people to work it out and I want them to get together and I want them to be happy. But the realist in me is like a lot of people stay in relationships where they're not getting the things they need. And that's hard to watch and that doesn't make anyone evil, but it's tough. So after the trial marriages, these couples reunite and it's always so interesting to see them getting back with their original partners because I think there is, like, an initial relief that all of them feel. Like, we basically immediately see all the couples having sex. Yeah. Like, they're back <laughs> in their comfort zones. They're back with the partners that they actually like. But also, the kind of issues that come back that come up when you're in a long-term relationship versus on your best behavior with someone new yeah. are just so different they automatically like too it's like the first night they all get <laughs> you know they get all down. get their sexy time on and then it's just like back to the issues um especially with someone like antonio and roxanne or a couple like them who yeah. ha- clearly have this connection they're the type of couple that breaks up gets back together you know probably has a crazy fight has crazy sex gets back together um, but the same issues are still there for them, which is the fact that she does not want to get married. Like, she just doesn't. And and she doesn't feel like he has enough direction. And so it's yeah. like, yeah, nothing's changed. I think maybe Roxanne is a little bit softer. She's like, you know, I could try to, I could try to tell you that I love you more <laughs> when you yeah. say it to me. Like, that would be nice. Sure, sure. I I did enjoy the scene with her parents where her dad sort of pushes her and is like, rocks, like, this is great, but, like, what are you doing? Yeah. To, like, change. Like, what are you doing to, to, like, you expect all these things from him to please you, but what are you doing to please him? And, you know, the jury's kind of out with that. Alex and Kat, 
Oh, gosh. I don't know. Again, it's just like... They get back together, it's the same thing. But Kat's... I feel like Kat's just the same with everyone. Like, she... Even when her friends sit down with Alex and, like, her friend is really questioning him, like, what else can she give you? Like, why can't you marry her? She's perfect. She's this, she's that. Kat's just sitting there being like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Alex is like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I'll make a decision. Yeah, he never, he just never dead gives you an inkling. Dead behind the fucking eyes. I really thought he was going to break up with her. That's Me the too. vibes I got. I mean, I got so many vibes wrong because I thought most of these couples were, were gonna, going yeah, to yeah. and should break up. And yet um, I was wrong because, spoiler alert, none of them do. I did laugh when Alex was like, you know, I was with Roxanne and it was like being with me on steroids bad. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you are realizing that I was like, you, you've you've gotten half of this right. But he's like, he's like, yeah, it was so bad to be with Roxanne. To be with exactly me. like me. But she's like me, but like bad. I'm yeah. me, but good. I'm like, yeah. hmm, okay, take right, it Kat? one step. Like, I'm me and you like me. Yeah, take but it like, one step further, buddy, but okay. And he keeps I'll- like emphasizing how much it's like so easy to be with Kat. She's so pleasant. You know, oh God, Roxanne she is. was... Not pleasant, I guess. <laughs> she she uh, didn't agree with him all the time and was a little mean. He's and like, Kat just I is like be. excited to hear this. Like Kat doesn't even know what's happening. She's just like, oh, see, I am better. I am like the easy, pleasant girl. And he wants to be with me. Yeah, it always makes me <laughs> nervous when a man is like, this woman is so pleasant and easy. Yeah, and I like, feel for oh, I don't know. She's I a full feel person. For Kat. I do. But yeah, I don't know. Alex just makes me feel weird. Trey and Raya struggle because Trey admits during the changeover publicly to everyone that he did develop romantic feelings for Ryan during their trial and marriage. And Raya's like, at first, she's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get over this. Like, how can we work on our relationship when you just admitted to me that you're into someone else? And it's warranted. I mean. Yeah, that's tough. That would be a very tough thing to hear. And also, she's the only one who has to grapple with this challenge because no one else even wanted to, like, have a conversation with their (laughs) trial marriage partner after. But then it's also, like, we watched Ryan and Trey, so we kind of know the truth of the relationship, which was, like, they never got romantic. Yeah, Um, but I feel like Ryan doesn't know what happened, too. So when you don't know, like, what went on... She was in her head. She's like worried about, you know, did they kiss even? Did they? Yeah. And they did not. They did. They did, did nothing. We knew that at home, yeah. but she didn't know that. She didn't so know. I would be freaking out too. Uh, oh, absolutely. It's also so funny to see that like Raya and James, we learn, are both kind of kinky. And you're yeah. like, damn, it could have been kind of good for them. Could have been good for them to explore. I don't know, to explore a little bit, but it's not not meant to be. Raya and Trey are also still fighting about location. And Trey has drawn a very stark line. He's like, I won't be going to Atlanta. Yeah. And he, he doesn't want to do distance. Like, he's yeah, open she's, to it. She's not. She's yeah, not open she, to yeah, it. She's, she's the one who's, he's like, I could get a house ready, you know, in the burbs or the country or whatever. And you could be in the city. And she's like, no, I don't want that. She wants him to want to follow her. Because she's like, yeah. well, I would do that for you. Why wouldn't you do that for me? And they never really come to a clear conclusion on this. Like, but by the end, Raya still seems kind of unsure. She says, you know, I wonder if my growth has made me grow past him. And Mm -hmm. so you're kind of left with like, ooh, is she going to break up with him? Him, yeah. And then we have James and Ryan. 
uh, you know, she wants to set boundaries with him, like, as soon as they get back together. Um, she wants to feel like she is his priority the way he, you know, he's hers. Um, and she doesn't want to hold him back when it comes to career, but she, like, wants to know that, like, she's also as important as his career aspirations. But, yeah, yeah. that power, the power dynamic comes back. Um, and I think it's But so in a different way. Like, Ryan yeah. seems to be holding some power now where James clearly had it Which seems healthy to me, right? Like, it seems healthy that she... She's like, I... She even expresses to him, I feel like you just assume that I'm never going to leave you ever. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like, you need to understand that I I need things. And that if I don't get those things, I will leave you. Not in like a, you know, a threatening way, but just in a, we're, we're 23 and 24. And if we're not giving each other what we each need, we shouldn't be together, you know? And she also, which I appreciated, says to him, like, I want you to really think about what you need from your career and whether you're going to resent the fact that you're giving up opportunities yeah. for this relationship. Um, again, Ryan and Raya just seem the most emotionally healthy out of all of these people. And then, if, you know, during Raya and James's relationship, he kept saying that he had something he had to share with Ryan that he's been holding back on. Uh, even though they've dated for seven years, he's finally feeling like this moment of freedom where he needs to tell her um, about the trauma that has kind of taken over his life. Uh, and they finally, like, I know they get into, like, that screaming match one night, right? It goes on for hours. Um, James gets triggered by the way Ryan is responding to him. And he, like, connects it to how his mom used to get angry at him. And you start really understanding, like, oh, there is so much going on with James. Um Oh, he just that he to... hasn't vocalized to her right. at all. She's like totally unaware of any of this. Oh, it just seems, yeah, it seems really difficult. They also get into a pretty gnarly fight one night. Yeah. Um, until almost 4 a.m. Again, it did just seem like one of those fights that you're like, this is a fight that a long-term couple gets in where they just, it's spiraling and they're both airing all of their frustrations. It's, very unproductive. It goes on for a very long time. Um, he gets, he seems to have gotten triggered by the way Ryan is like responding to him or moving her hands or tapping her nails on the. Yeah. Like I said, it's something counter. about the way their fight was going down. Yeah. That, yeah, made him feel like he was a kid again, like with his right. mom. Yeah, exactly. And then later they have, I think it's like a picnic or they sit outside and he yeah, finally... Yeah, I think it's like a picnic. Yeah, and he tells something with her, a blanket. Yeah, he tells her, you know, that his father's death when he was younger and his mom's absence really affected him. Like, he didn't have anyone um, to talk to. He didn't feel like he was being heard or like that he knew how to kind of like deal with the loss um and that led to oh, self-harm really and it was really sad to to see ryan especially for me of course to hear james's story it's terrible but to see how ryan felt that she didn't know any of this was happening like i get chills thinking about that now because you can tell by her body language that she was so not ashamed but really like felt oh my god i don't I didn't know this about him like i could have been helping him and here i am like wanting him to give me this and that and he really just needs like love. Like it was, it was 
a necessary and needed conversation. I think they handled it really well too together. But yeah, I felt for both of them in this moment for sure. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. They end up reaching kind of a good place of understanding by the end. Um, yeah, and and like a closeness. They yeah, have like closeness. this new. Well, they yeah. It's like there's. I think when you're withholding something from a partner that, that big, big too. Yeah. Um, you could finally release. And I felt like exactly. you could see them really like understand each other more. Yeah. I think by the end, I was like, okay, these two are just really down the road committed to each other. Like they're probably gonna, they're probably gonna get engaged and, yes. and stay together. Like it's really, he is very overt about the fact that he's going to propose to her. He's ready. He says, you know, I never, I always knew basically that I wanted to marry you. I was just scared. And mm-hmm. so you're like, okay, she's probably going to say yes. Yeah. Before we got to Ultimatum Day, did you think that any of these people should stay together? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, but aside from, like you said, Ryan and James, I could see it after that conversation. Yeah, I was like, like, oh, the others? Hell no. I was like, no, 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 no. They, like, they're... There's just too many issues that I, when I think down the line, how are they going to work these out? Um, and then like somebody like the couple like Alex and Kat, I just I'm like, I don't get why it. do you want to be with him? That's how I felt. But. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> I was like, I assumed some of, you know, a, at least a couple of them would get engaged, but I was nervous for all of them. I think there's something it's like a self-selecting group, right? I sort of feel like this show, and this is also how I feel about the couples who go on a show like Temptation Island. Like, if you Mm. are selecting yourself for this show, you probably probably shouldn't be together. (laughs) Like, there's a strong indication. Like, here's the thing. Couples have issues. And, you know, I think about sometimes, like, if if my worst conflicts in my relationship were taped and spliced together and then aired, people would probably be like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also would not put myself in this position and go on a show where I'm giving an ultimatum and, like, right? Like, I wouldn't go through this experience because I'm committed to, your to my relationship and to my yes. partnership and to making it better and going through the good and the bad, right? Like, it's so it's just, that's what I mean by that, like, self-selecting group. Like, if you're, it's like if you write into a podcast for advice, like, yeah. <laughs> it's probably a bigger, you know, a bigger issue automatically because yeah, you're yeah. thinking about it enough to write into a podcast. It's like if you're thinking about the problems in your relationship enough to go on and like date an another, like, show. Yeah. purposely be tempted by other people. Right. Then, you know, I have some concerns. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe this marriage thing isn't for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, on Ultimatum Day, they all get engaged. <laughs> Lee, when I tell you, <laughs> I was shaken to my core by the fact that all of these people got engaged. And then I was like, well, surely some of them have broken up by now. Yeah. And then no. I watched the reunion, mm-hmm. and they're all still fucking together. It's the most shocking twist of the season. It's the, the most <laughs> shocking twist. Are there any highlights from these proposals that you want to get into? Honestly, I mean, for me, it was like the least romantic set of proposals ever. I feel like. I mean, I've, I, I Trey gets down on one knee, 
with Freya. She pauses and she's like, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's boy. exactly what you want to hear. When you Not what you want to hear. Um, but she says yes. Uh, you know, she says like she is ready. She woke up and she wanted to be with him every day and they want a big wedding and it's going to be all gold. And that was their spiel. Um, Ryan comes out looking amazing in like this silvery blue dress. I just love her so much. I just love her energy. Um, they have a cute proposal. Uh, they want to continue working on their relationship. It's just so weird when you have a proposal that requires everyone to be like, and these are the ways in which our relationship has been failing. Yeah, you <laughs> have to like talk the about proposal. the failures <laughs> and the successes and then be like, at one point, James says like, you know, he's not in a perfect place to start a life with her. But will you marry me? Like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, God. Yeah, he says, I wouldn't want to handle these problems with anyone other than you. Will you take this ring as a symbol of my new commitment to you and the rest of our lives? Um, She says, yes. How did you feel about Alex and Kat? Like, I was, I was, I was sure that they weren't going to get engaged. Like, I was almost positive. I remember, I I think I kind of fell asleep during this. And I, I'm not kidding. I woke up to like Alex down on one knee and I thought it was a fever dream. (laughs) But part of of me is actually not surprised at all because for someone like Alex, yeah, how great for him. Someone who will just boost him up and, and do almost all the things he wants to do and is not, is fairly conflict averse. But she is so, so beyond happy in this moment that I'm like, oh, this poor girl. That's how I felt. I was and just I'm just like, like, you know what? I guess we'll never understand another person's relationship. I, I always am going to root for people to be happy if they make this kind of a commitment. But uh, yeah. Ex- but she that, said her like life that. started when she met him. She was lost. And he encouraged her to be her best self. Oh, if God, this is her I best self, that she then said like, that. That's really, that's actually really upsetting. The idea that your life didn't start till him. Start. It stuck out for me, for sure. That, and yeah, then, like, if this is your best self, and I'm not saying anything bad about Kat, I think this is who she is. I think and she's she seems a, very sweet and, and, yes, and exactly. lovely. And, and I don't think she's, I don't think she's, I think she's very smart. Like, yeah, she's a nurse. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, this is, I I I didn't know how to feel about that. I agree. But I think this is what she wants. Like I think this is the kind of guy right, she so wants. So I guess you know what? Go 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 forth and prosper. Mm-hmm. The most shocking oh my God. to everyone, which is the whole thing. Including cast, Antonio. Uh, in- including <laughs> Antonio and including Roxanne, frankly. <laughs> is that Roxanne says yes to Antonio when he proposes. She's doesn't seem excited about it, but she does say yes. Yes. Um, there was another moment with them that they kept thanking each other a lot for the whatever. But Roxanne says, like, thank you for doing this for me. You know, um, it means a lot to, like, just have him there. And then I'm starting to think, like, did you sign up for the show? Did you give me all ultimatum? Well, my suspicion. Um, <laughs> Pasted nips needed yes, a little pick My suspicion yeah. is that it's a business opportunity in some capacity. Knowing Roxanne, yeah, what, yeah, what do yeah. you think she's thinking about? business business because then she says i want she you loves to business she tells him she wants him to be like happy whatever that means for you i want you to be boundlessly ha- you know find this boundless happiness 
Um, and I have the sense of like, oh, she's going to break she's up. She's going to break up with him. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then, then she, she, she gets out. Yeah, he gets down on one knee and she says yes. And he says, my God, I thought you were going to say no. And I feel like same. she's like, same. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I also thought I was going to say no. And all of us are like, yes, we also thought this was that a no. you were going to say no. So this brings us to the reunion. And as we said, they are all still together and all still engaged. The reunion filmed 10 months after filming ended. Um other than, of course, we Lisa and Brian come back for the reunion and they are not engaged, but they are still together romantically and they are parents to Mason. Adorable. Yeah, seven weeks old. Seven weeks old. She was great for months. seven weeks postpartum, girl. You could not tell. It's crazy. Uh, and several of the couples are actively planning weddings or already have their dates set. Alex and Kat are getting married May 2024. Mm-hmm. Lee's birthday. May 10th. May 10th. He said that. I was like, oh, there we go. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Lee, and happy anniversary. Thank you very in much. The fu- they ha- in the future, too. They Alice have a Kat. beautiful save the date magnet uh, with some pictures of them. And Kat says their dynamic has sort of flipped where, like, he's so ready now to settle down. He wants a house, he wants kids. He- and he even admits he has baby fever. I kind of see that. I think, like, Alex is the kind of guy that when he makes a decision, he commits to it. Mm -hmm. So that's, I kind of get that. And, of course, this, like, throws Roxanne. Roxanne and Antonio are so into Kat and Alex's, like, what's happening. But Kat finally, like, like, stands her ground, though. And she does come back with some sharp replies to, like, Roxanne. Um and then they showed, like, that ladies' night clip, which I thought was pointless. Like, I, I, like we learned nothing. We learned nothing. But we do we do know that these pairings do not enjoy each other's company. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I suspect uh, that Antonio and Roxanne will not be getting an invite to Alex and Kat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I think the Lachey's will. Yes. How can you not? How can you not invite Nick and Vanessa Lachey? You know, they gift people baby... This, be- this beautiful experience. And... <laughs> Uh, Ryan and Trey want to have a destination wedding in the spring of 2025. Um, they have been trying to work through work schedules and all of that, but their relationship is apparently night and day since the show. Um, and that when they do fight or have confrontation, they handle it much better. It's not like these screaming matches. Uh, they know like a mature way to work it out, which was good to hear. Yeah. I found it interesting that James and Ryan both said that they were really surprised that Raya had said yes to Trey. Yeah. I felt that way too, though. I was surprised as like a viewer. No, Um, I think, and I think that Trey was not offended by this. It seemed like they, it seems like like he was a little, he was surprised surprised too. too. Yeah. Um, I did get the sense that Raya really cared about and loves Trey. But again, she's at this point in her life where she's like unsure about herself. She's young. She's 24. Yeah, fair um, enough. Jesus. So yeah, I guess James and Ryan would see that side. I also don't think James gave Raya enough time to really like understand her feelings for no, for Trey. So no, I agree. This is where also Ryan says that she did think about sliding into Trey's DMs, like in a, a friendly way, um, but felt weird about it. And she was like, I I felt like maybe James and Raya wouldn't appreciate that. And Raya's like. I no, I wouldn't. Have. Yeah, <laughs> I would not. She's have like, you guys that. can, you know, 
comment on Instagram photos, but not Antonio's like, you guys should just have like a group chat so you don't start any (laughs) conflicts. Something I actually really like about (laughs) Antonio is that he's constantly trying to like soften the blow for everyone and do them a favor. I do like Antonio. I like Antonio also. Uh, Yeah. I thought that the group chat suggestion was actually a great idea. The thing, yeah, you need to all be friends as couples. That's the, the real key. James and Ryan are getting married. I think next September. No, I think this September. Really? Yes, because then I went on Instagram and I saw that James had posted something about like 28 days until I. Oh, I guess that makes sense because they filmed the reunion probably earlier. Yeah. This year. A couple. Because they said, like, oh, we haven't sent out our invites yet. But I think that was just to be like, guys, none of you are invited to my wedding. Uh, um, and they, we learned that James and Ryan are living together, but they are living in Ryan's parents' house with all of all her, of her siblings. family. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Which for him coming from like a house that didn't have. Where he was alone a lot yeah, of the time. That's got to be a lot. Yeah, it sounds like a lot. And then we learned that he's like a late night kind of guy, you know? James after dark. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yes. We get a little, a little James after dark segment where he's just like doing his kinky kinky james things shower sex bondage sounding rod this was uh, very <laughs> funny i was like you know what get, fucking go off james i wish I they would have included some of that in the show I know. i'm like why didn't we see these like sex positive yeah you know, like, i love it i love it he he took that that segment on you know very well he's I laughing know. about it um and yeah, Nick and Vanessa gift Lisa and Brian ultimatum. Yeah, the, the ultimatum love is blind, like gold, silver, sippy cups. They're silver because um, this is the ultimatum. A sippy cup and a silver <laughs> like binky. <laughs> and um, how did we feel about Nick and Vanessa's hosting job this time around? I know they did that like newlywed game, which... I appreciated that. Yeah. I thought that that was actually smart because they do not have good skills. They don't ask good follow-up questions. I think it helped that everyone is happy in their relationship. There was less to sort of dig into that was really difficult. Yeah. Um, and I think having a game is is smart because it provides a structure. And I was also really glad that they didn't do a live reunion because that was just such a disaster. So I was like, you know what? It's fine. Yeah. Vanessa didn't say anything weird about everyone's wombs. Oh, so, my gosh. I, yeah, because I just remember Love is Blind. There was a lot of, like, Marshall, disaster. Jackie, Micah, Paul. Yeah. Bias. Yeah. People were criticizing that. I mean, I, I don't think there'll think, be a live reunion ever again. Oh, God, I hope not. Yeah. And look, I just don't think Nick and Vanessa are that good at this part of the job. Um, I'll say they at least did more than Joanna Garcia I, I do did. like them for this show, though, because she did say, like, she gave Nick an ultimatum when they were together. Oh, my God. So I they've just, kind of, like, been Lee, through this situation. I mean, they do love to make everything about themselves. They, they do. At every turn in she's this like, season. Baby, baby. She's like, baby, baby. She's, like, starting remember? to cry at various points, talking about <laughs> her own situation. I'm like, well, this isn't, the show isn't about you, you guys. But it's not about can we you. relive our TRL days and remember when those two got together? And like, Ugh. this was after Jessica it was big, Simpson. Big news. Big, big news. news. Yeah. Not so big news anymore, though, guys. We, no, you know, but we root for you, but calm down. Yeah, it's been a few years. Something else that felt notable and very weird to me was that Lisa 
refuses to really apologize for all of the horrible things she said about Raya. Yeah, she gets so defensive. She's like, no, I stand by it. I'm like, really? Like, how can you stand by that? How can you stand by that? And Antonio does his thing where he's like, I mean, I don't think you mean that. You seem like a very nice person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's weird, like, you know, she blamed, not blamed, but she was like, oh, my pregnancy hormones probably were a lot of the reason why I went crazy. But I'm like, but now, like, now that you're not pregnant, yes, you're postpartum and things are, you know, you're still hormonal. But, like, you need to know that what you said about Raya was horrible. I I also will say, Lisa then, (laughs) six days ago, posted on Instagram a written apology She says, as the final episodes of The Ultimatum are released, I want to take the opportunity to reflect on this journey. I would like to apologize to my fellow cast members, family, and friends who are affected by my words and actions. I have apologized to both Brian and Raya privately, and now I am doing so publicly. To Raya, I apologize for any hurtful words that I used to describe you. No one should be judged based on their age or place of employment, and I believe in, in empowering women from all walks of life. Brian and I not only faced existing relationship challenges, which stretched us both emotionally and greatly triggered me going into the show. But during filming, we also learned we were expecting. While this does not excuse my behavior, I also extend my apologies to Brian for any aggression I displayed towards him, as I do not condone violence of any kind. While I have never publicly or privately displayed those kinds of actions, I understand that my behavior reflected poorly on myself, our relationship, and the show. Oh, so, yeah. You know, and she continues on. You can read the full yeah. thing on her Instagram. But I was glad, you know, I was glad I to see that, that. Yeah. she posted that. I do wish she had been able to. I think she should have shown up prepared to to say that. Yes. And I do hope she privately talked to Raya. Yeah. And apologized. That, was, that was very, very rough. The other mm-hmm. controversial thing that happened during the reunion was that we learned that while Roxanne and... Antonio are still engaged. Roxanne has not been wearing her engagement ring. What did you What did you think of this? I mean, it it was pretty much like what I thought Roxanne would do. Like she didn't, she doesn't like the feeling of marriage or being engaged. She doesn't like the feeling of the ring on her finger. Like, um, I do think it's hurtful in terms of Antonio's feelings. Yeah, which goes back to their all their issues, which is like. You know, he is constantly trying to win her affection when what is she doing for him? And this is something that she could do for him. It's something that, you know, he picked out for her and gave her and it means a lot to him. We learned that that she kind of like takes it off. Added to the ring. Yeah, he changed it so she would like it more. Like, I... Yeah, it's the kind of thing where it's like on principle, do I think that people can be engaged and not wear the ring? Yes. Do I think that people can be committed and not be married and not buy into like the whole performance of engagement? Yes, 100%. But as you said, this is what Antonio wants. She said yes to him. Yeah. He's clearly hurting. And like that is the part that that makes it hard. And you don't have to wear your ring all the time. Like wear it, but wear it to like things like the reunion special or (laughs) like a date night out. You're not really doing your your public perception anything. favors from doubling down on that but like I I don't know yeah it made me feel confused I will say that Roxanne and Antonio posted a carousel of photos on September 3rd and the first photos of the two of them holding hands in the car Roxanne is wearing her ring and the caption says remember you can have an enduring commitment to your partner wedding ring or not 
but you can also make small sacrifices for the person you love. Let's go. Hashtag growth. Yeah. So well, she does say you compromise for big love. So yeah. So I don't know. Maybe she is wearing her ring sometimes now to. But I didn't like how she was like, I'm not wearing it because like I need more. I still need more growth. I still need him to be it's a like, better provider and and for him to be my person. And it's that gender thing again. Mm-hmm. And also like this is the person you're with. Yep. You're either good with him or you're not. You can't hold things over someone's head forever and ever. So he says he bought a car wash in South Georgia, and now he's working with a car customization franchise so that they can hopefully open, like, two shops and start a new business. And Roxanne's really into cars, apparently. So, again, he's pleasing her. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, you know, she's they've been posting up a storm. Clearly, they've taken the most criticism, and they've both been posting, like, you know, it was hard to watch back, but you only saw part of the story, and blah, 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 and you, like, I do respect him, and... You know, again, we are always rooting for people to be happy. I was going to say, all this to say, we want everyone to be happy. We hope these relationships work out. We are always rooting for love, of course. Exactly. Um, And before we wrap, one more big piece of news that we learned post-reunion. Raya and Trey are having a baby. They're having a baby. She posted on Instagram, September 2nd, next chapter, motherhood. These past five months have been so sweet and special from hearing your heartbeat to little flutters and kicks. We cannot wait to meet you. And of course, knowing uh, that they suffered a pregnancy loss uh, early on in their relationship and that a lot was discussed with kids and if they would have children, this is very exciting. We are so happy for them. I hope 100%. everything is wonderful. I hope she's feeling well. Uh, yeah. I can't wishing... wait to see that cute little babe. I know. It's going to be a a very cute, a very, very cute baby. Um, and yeah, we wish everyone the best, health, happiness, et cetera. Um, and for our sakes, perhaps some better casting for the next season. Yes. <laughs> Please. And on that note, that is it for this episode of Love to See It with Emma and Lee. Love to See It is produced by us, Emma Gray, Lee Blickley, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Talon Stradley, and our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, our art is by Celine Chang, and Josephine Matarana is our executive producer. If you like our show, remember to do all of the things you would do to support a podcast you love. Follow us, rate us five stars, leave a review, and of course, spread the word to all of your friends about our show. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. And remember, we are going to do that mailbag episode, so please send in some questions please 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 you can also find us on twitter and tiktok at love to see it pod and on instagram at claire and emma pod and you can find our newsletter rich text on substack at claire and emma.substack.com i'm also on twitter and instagram at emma lady rose and i'm at lee bz we'll be back next week with a rom-com rewatch can you keep up i like love it Stitcher. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, 
I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.